Welcome back to the Stu Simpson Show podcast. And today something very special happened. Well, not today, but a few weeks ago, I went to Chicken Stock Festival in Sittingbourne and I was doing a bit of yoga, as you do. And um, I met a lovely gentleman called David. And David is my guest today. Is, I, I believe, do I pronounce your surname Castagnetti? Oh, well done. I, I get picked up by Italians for not pronouncing it like that, because I just say Castanetti, but you've Aha. got the, uh, the silent G, so well done. Yes, Castanetti. Excellent, my, my, mother, my mother lives in Abruzzo. <laughs> so, ah, right, okay. But you've just reminded me I haven't done my Duolingo yet today. <laughs> what, are you learning Italian? I am, I'm, I'm, for years, and I'm terrible at it. So, oh, it's the same with me. It's kind of, I should know it a lot better, but um, I haven't been there enough times and I really should go back there. But anyway. Oh, apparently there's lots of Caminos in, in Italy as well. I was looking, funny you should say that, I've kind of started, I went to the National Gallery because um, I've got an exhibition on of St. Francis paintings. Oh, wow. And I've become a little bit obsessed with St. Francis recently. And so I'm trying to see if there's any kind of pilgrimage to Assisi. I'd really be interested in doing something like yes. that. I haven't really got there yet. I have to start. I'm starting to look into it. That's a really good idea because I was. We went visited um, Umbria a few years ago, and we were looking across to Assisi. It was like tourist season, so we went. Maybe not this week. <laughs> so yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe it's on my list too. So we met randomly at this festival while doing yoga. Yes. Good vibes, good vibes, nice person. And the last day you were wearing a Santiago de Compostela t-shirt and went, are you a pilgrim? <laughs> or something like and then you lifted up your, your sleeve and, was, and showed me your, your tattoo and was like, oh my God, me too. Yeah. And so chatty, chatty, chatty. So what was it that drew you to do a Camino in the first place? Um, well, without wanting to give you my whole life story, I spent most of my life being very insular. Uh, and liking my own company to the, to the extent I kind of begrudged when people invaded my space. Mm. And I got to a point in my life, uh, cutting the story short, but I had a lot of family problems um, without going into in too much detail. And I just found myself with nobody to talk to, really. Yeah. Um, I've, I've never been so sort of sad and lonely in my life. Um, and being a, brought up a Catholic, I started talking to God yeah, and it worked. It felt great. Um, I know, I think you do a lot of meditation, don't you? Uh, meditate twice a day, yeah. Uh, yeah, I kind of, it, for me, it's like a meditation, but it's in conversation. Mm -hmm. And I started doing it regularly every day and it started making me more aware, of, not just of my faith, but I just became really interested in faith itself in general. And I started reading every book I could on faith and watching every program and i saw was it about six years ago i think i saw this bbc program you've seen that the pilgrimage yeah uh, yeah with the celebrities who go on as well i'd never heard of the camino before that i didn't know what it was and i thought oh i quite fancy i'll do that one day um and then i kind of looked at how long if you wanted to do the whole thing was i thought wow when am i going to do that but as the years went on i thought i've got to do something soon because it's going to be another one of those things where I'll be sort of thinking, if only I'd done that. Yeah. So yeah. that's kind of the, the background to it, really. Yeah, it's very similar to me. I mean, in the sense that uh, I, I watched The Way with Michael. Yeah. Gene or whatever it is. Yeah, put it, put it aside and all that Anyway, this is your story, not mine. People have heard my story. Well, I know that from listening to your podcast, I know The Way means a lot to you. I didn't see The Way until about a month after I came back. Um, 
I don't think it's the greatest film I've ever seen, to be honest. I think if I'd have seen it before I'd gone on the Camino, it wouldn't have convinced me to go. But having seen it after, there is a lot in it which uh, you can take away from it in terms of, like, for example, the, the many different people he meets, the, the highs and the lows, and there are lows in there as well. Yeah, so, yeah, it is, it is a good reference. As a film, uh, I didn't think it was my favourite film, but as an interpretation of the Camino, then, yeah, I thought it was good. So you chose um, the Camino in Glazy? Yes. How come? I did. Um, well, the short answer to that is time. I I have a job where I'm kind of told when I take my two weeks summer leave and it was in this year in April and I thought well what the heck do I do in April um I always imagined I was going to do the um the French one the Francaise mm -hmm. but you I mean you spent a long time on it didn't you spend seven, seven weeks, seven weeks yeah. I thought yeah. yeah I thought I haven't got that sort of time so I kind of looked around Inglés is the um the shortest one and I thought I could do that in the time that I've got. Um, and that was the main reason, really. It was just a case of I can fit it in in my summer leave. And actually, I thought it'd be a good entry-level one as well. It's 118 kilometres. Yeah. So it's, you know, if you want to get a taste of the Camino, I thought, let's do this first and then see where that leads to. Where's the Inglesi route? Right. Well, there's kind of two. Um I flew into Acarunia, and if you do it from Acarunia to Santiago, you can do that as a recognised route, but you don't get the Compostela because it's not long enough. It's I think it's 70 kilometres or something like that. So I got the train to uh, a town nearby. It's called Ferrol. Mm -hmm. And you go Ferrol. So this is on the north coast of Spain, obviously, from Ferrol down to Santiago. They are trying to reinstate the original route. Obviously, it's called the English because it's the, the English route. Uh, they, you come over from England to see Santiago. Um, I think up in your neck of the woods, Northumberland, um, they've, they've reinstated the route from Durham to Bishop Auckland. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. Uh, and they're trying to, apparently, the, um, the Spanish government, or I think the, the, the council in Acarunia, are part funding trying to get the whole route opened up. Um, at the moment, it's only the little bit, and then there's the uh, the St James Way from Reading to Southampton. So they've opened up sort of like there's a big bit in the middle that's missing that they want to open up. Um, and at the moment, actually, you can get the stamps if you do the Northumberland bit. You can get the stamps, and then if you decide to do Acarunia to Santiago, you can still get the Compostela if you've done that bit as well because that comes up to the hundred kilometers. So yeah, and it's, sorry, go on. That's useful to know because I've got an ex who lives in La Carina. Ah, right. Okay. It's a very small world. Yeah. So what was the infrastructure like on the Inglésie? Is it albergues, cafes? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's... Um, I think it's probably the same as you. There are many hours where you don't see anything, but there will always be some... As long as you plan yourself well, there'll always be um, albergues, cafes, hotels. Not massive amount of big hotels i mean the towns you visit are kind of either really kind of one horse towns or 14th century and almost like venice they're very compact so you don't see a lot but the albergs were fine i mean i read a lot of horror stories before going about bed bugs yeah um and yet 
I mean, they were cleaner than my house, some of them. You know, they were absolutely immaculate um, and really good facilities. I think if there was any sort of issue with them, maybe the, 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 the kitchen facilities and the kind of communal eating. I mean, I was hoping for some kind of communal eating yeah. in the, the Albergs. It, it did happen in restaurants, but it didn't happen in the Albergs because it wasn't kind of... Um, the kitchen equipment weren't great and there wasn't a lot of space. And actually the time I went, there wasn't masses of people doing it, which actually I think was quite good. Mm. And I think probably that's why they were so clean as well, actually, because not many people, it was the beginning of the season pretty much. And not many people had been in them up to that point, but there was enough people get doing it to be able to, you know, build those relationships and build those bonds. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's plenty of cafes. It's difficult I mean, I'm a vegetarian. Um, Spin's difficult it, for that. Oh, my goodness. Well, I was, let's, let's just say by the end of it, I was more a flexitarian or whatever <laughs> it's called. Because I I just, I had, I remember I went into one place and I had a salad. Um, and the guy came around, he's saying, he was saying, everyone, how's your meal? How's your meal? How's your? And he just looked at me and smiled and thought, I'm not even going to ask you. Because you <laughs> you're eating rabbit food. And after that, I was looking at other people's meals and I thought, just a few days, maybe. Yeah, I've had two um, omelets. <laughs> oh, yeah, lots of tortillas. But that's not a bad thing. It's not amazing. I like a tortilla. But the Albergs were great. I mean, I think there was one, the one in Ponte Dume was... Not, but I didn't stay in there because I'd been given advance warning. So I stayed in a pension. So there's plenty of cheap accommodation that you can use. And uh, yeah, as long as you plan yourself accordingly, um, as long as you bring yourself snacks, because you will go hours without seeing yeah. places. Yeah. And there were some, I wish I could remember the parts of the route now. There were oh. some parts of the route with um, where water wasn't really readily available. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you need to be aware. I mean, I had a map, fortunately, which was kind of showing the water points. So that was handy. Um, but you do really need to plan it well. So let's talk about the emotional side of the Camino. So what do you feel like you got from doing a Camino? Um, I feel, I hope it's not cliche, but I feel like I got community, companionship. Mm -hmm. I feel I got acceptance. Um I feel that actually I'm not a bad guy. <laughs> I think I've spent a lot of time on my own because I thought I don't want to burden people, but you'd go into places, into restaurants or bars and you see people, you see smiles on people's faces who are so happy to see you. Yeah. Now yeah. I don't get that over here. <laughs> I know. Exactly. I'm, sure there are people, I'm sure there are people who are happy to see me, but um, I don't see that kind of that love that I saw over there and then we are you know hopefully it was reciprocated because i'd feel the same um i feel that i unburdened a lot in uh in uh on the camino and i just asked my wife I, I, it occurred to me this morning doing i was doing this i thought i've never asked my wife actually have i changed and i asked her and she said well you're a lot calmer now and uh, that was good to hear because I feel a lot calmer. I yeah. feel I feel lighter. I feel like I've you know unburdened a lot. Yeah, I, I, I the same experience. Um, but I, I, my partner says that I came back more confident as a person. Um, I feel as if I've lost some of it since it's been it's been almost a year since I've been. Um, and 
Do you feel like you've lost any of that sort of calmness or has it just sort of stayed with you? It kind of stays with me. It's good to keep in touch with people and to have reminders. Um, there's no doubt life does wear you down. Um, work and people, some people can really wear you down. And I feel the kind of, it's almost, I hate to describe it as a drug, but it is almost like that. I do kind of feel a calling to go back. I feel like I need to renew. I agree with you with the confidence part. I wasn't a particularly confident person. Like I say, I didn't think people liked me until really I went on the Camino. Um, and you need to start that again, that process because you does wear you down. And I do want, I do feel a hankering and a calling to go back to it. Definitely. Same, same. So you got stuff from the Camino. Would you feel that you gave anything to the Camino? Did I give anything to the Camino? Um, I gave it my bloody passport because I lost that. That's somewhere in uh, <laughs> That's somewhere along the Camino. So it's still got that. Um, did I give anything to it? You know, they say when, um, you, when you leave something behind, it means that actually you want to go back. I've heard that certain before. Oh, so. I see. I know there was plenty of people who left things. For, you mean physically? No, no, no. I was, I was just that's something. That's a psychological thing. Apparently, if you leave something oh, in somebody's see. house that you've had such a good time, it means that there's somewhere in your subconscious that it's saying you're giving yourself an excuse to go back to the place. So if you've left your passport, it means you definitely <laughs> you want to go back to Camino. Well, I left the rosary as well. I, I right. went to a place. Um, there's a place you've got to go to if you do the English, which is uh, Casa Avelina. And there's a little old lady who runs it called Carmen. And she, um, I only went in for an ice lolly because I was hot. I was running late. I thought I've got to get there before it gets too dark and everything gets full. And I went to buy an ice lolly and she got a seat. She didn't speak a word of English, but she just stamped this seat down. And she made me sit down. And then she lifted up my legs and put a, a stool under there, uh, under my feet. Mm. And she got my my pack she was only i mean she was a little old lady about five foot tall she got this 10 kilo pack and she lifted it up and put it on a chair and she made me sit there eating my ice lolly which i wanted to eat on the route and i gave her um i had a rosary mm -hmm. uh, being a catholic and i gave that to her and she hung it she had loads of them <laughs> on the back and i did think to myself i want to come back and visit that i want to see that rosary again yeah um but I'm kind of torn that in I don't think I'll ever do the Inglés again. Um, it almost feels like being unfaithful to it seems strange to say and what it's been like being unfaithful to my Camino family if I go and do it again with other people because I had such a special time there. Yeah. It's a memory that I don't want to to change. I feel exactly uh, the same. Get, I don't want it to get better and I don't want it to get worse. I want to keep it as as it was. So tell but, me about your Camino family. Can I just finish off? Oh, I sorry, kind of skirted, sorry. No, because I kind of skirted what you were talking about. It gave me time to think a bit more yeah. about, I mean, this may sound strange, but I think I left the worst of me behind, if you're asking me. Oh, wow. I, get, I mean, when I pray to God, I usually say to him, sorry, forgive the pronouns, I'll say him at the moment, because I always yeah. have. But um, I say, just take away this crap from me all my cynicism all my nastiness all my viciousness you can you can have that i just want the good stuff and my poor you know my poor long-suffering wife she i know um, uh, how many times i've upset her over the life i've taken a piss out of her or, or whatever and i remember that first night in um 
uh, Neda was the first stop and I met some South African ladies and she said, one of them said to me, oh, you speak English. And I said to her, yeah, I speak it better than you as well. And I just <laughs> thought, why did I say that? This woman is just trying to connect with me and I'm taking the piss out of her accent. And I just made a conscious decision there. And then I thought, this stays here. This isn't coming home with me. Yeah. This, this attitude of mine, this cynicism, this sarcasm, I don't want to bring it home with me. And I think when my wife, and I did feel lighter coming home, um, and I think when my wife says, you're calmer now, I think that's kind of what she means. I don't take the piss out of her anymore. Mm. I bite my tongue and uh, <laughs> count to ten, but, you know, I uh, I hope I don't. She'd probably tell, so tell you differently. But, um, yeah, I've definitely, hopefully, I've left all that out there. That's that's wonderful. Um, so it's not all sunshine and sangria on the Camino. And I, yeah. struggle, I struggle with loneliness, lack of sleep, because of all the snoring in albergues. Um, what, what were your issues on your journey? Did you have any sort of negative issues? Well, I suspect doing however kilometres, what did you do, 800 kilometres? Uh, yeah, I went all the way to Fistera, so... Yeah, I mean, I suspect doing that, rather than 118 that I did, you would have a lot more <laughs> issues. Um, most of it was okay. I almost said plain sailing. It wasn't, certainly wasn't that. In terms of the Elbergs and the snoring and the farting, I'm, I'm okay because I don't sleep well anyway. I don't sleep more than three, four hours in a go anyway. Yeah. But there was one guy, there was a deaf guy, who people kind of dreaded seeing coming into an Elberg because he wouldn't talk in his sleep. He'd scream in his sleep. Oh, my God. And... Yeah, God knows what was going on. I don't know whether it was because he was deaf and he couldn't enunciate. I don't know or whether he was having just the most hellish time dreams. But mm. you'd just be lying. I, I experienced him once and you just kind of be lying there. It will be quiet and you just suddenly hear this blood curdling <laughs> scream. You're like, oh, what was that? <laughs> um, and I know people, you go to the next point. Oh, we had the deaf guy last night, and you could tell because they just looked exhausted. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was okay with the Albergs. The weather wasn't too bad. I mean, I got very lucky. I mean, we had all kinds of. I woke up one morning, and you could barely see your hand in front of your face. The fog, because um, we were up in the mountains, but that cleared fairly quickly. I had one. We had rain, but nothing major. There was one day when it absolutely chucked it down, but I sat in a bar and watched the rain. I, I, I had my raincoat, but I hardly ever used it. Um, you said you only had one, I think on one of your podcasts, you just got one small blister. Yeah, that was it. Which, yeah. That's astounding because I had blisters on blisters. I mean, that was the issue for me. I didn't have it bad as some people, but I had a lot of blisters. I had a lot of rashes on my legs. I never really got that, but my legs went really rashy. Oh, wow. And they swelled up. My shins, my shins started hurting. Yeah. Um, like, you know, you don't, you kind of forget about that. You don't get too absorbed in, mm. I probably get more absorbed at home in my, my, my ailments than I did out there. Because back here, it seems like the, the minus thing is an issue. Whereas yeah. out there, you kind of, you had things, you had people to help you get through it. I mean, you know, when my legs went rashy, it wasn't an issue for me, but somebody gave me an antihistamine. And I, I've actually still got it. <laughs> I thought I didn't take it, but I've still got it as a kind of memento. Excellent. Um, the, the community does know, provide. People, you, yeah. I mean, you know, people care about you yeah. out there. And, it's a, it's a, that's um, a wonderful thing, isn't it? When you, you meet these strangers and you do feel like it's a family thing. It's in the up, but the strangers, I mean, it feels for me, it's like a microcosm of how the world should be. 
You should be just be able to walk I, through and love each other. Yeah, oh, absolutely, absolutely. I um, it's I, I remember during the London Olympics, I was listening to a, somebody on the radio, a broadcaster who'd been in this bubble of the London Olympics, which was wonderful, and everyone was lovely. And then they went to uh, Westfield shopping in Stratford. And they bumped into someone who sort of kissed their lips and gave them abuse. And they and they suddenly realized they were back in the real world. And that's what it feels like in the Camino. You're in this bubble mm. and you take that outside into the real world. And I say good morning or hi to people. And they kind of look at you like you're mad. And, yeah. you know, so it's trying to keep that is, is, is very difficult. But you're right about the family. I mean, the trust I had in those people and the, the love for them. And, um, you know, I told people things that I haven't told members of my family, mm. you know, people I've known for a few days because I kind of, let me tell you a little story actually, mm. um, Stu. There was a girl out there called Meta. It was a, a very unconventional Danish lady. Um, she lived on a commune called the moon and she'd spent uh, time, a lot of time with Amazon tribes. And she was telling me the most extraordinary stories about, She'd have to do these ceremonial rites and she had to sit in a hammock for two days without food and water and such like. And we were walking one day. I'd known her a couple of days and we were walking and we came across this place, which is called the Enchanted Forest. And it was beautiful forest. Hmm. And she just stopped and she just breathed in the air and she said, this is the place where we do rapé. And I said, you what? What's going on here? And she got out this little pillbox with some brown powder in it. And she said, it's, it's just spices from the Amazon and it's, you take it like snuff. And I said, oh, God, do I, do I take a pinch and shove it up my nose? She said, no, you follow my instruction. I'm going to stick it up your nose. And she got out this little V-shaped blowpipe mm. and she started putting some in and she stuck it up my nose. And I'll tell you what, Stu, if there's somebody in this country, I'd know this got some brown powder and i'm gonna stick a blowpipe up your nose blow into it i'd say you can get lost but you just have an extraordinary confidence and trust in these people mm. you know i i had no doubt i was in safe hands that she didn't want any harm from for me yeah. you know it was actually a fantastic experience because it it wasn't it wasn't something to get you high it was it was like you saw apparently they use it for hunting in the amazon yeah, and you just saw everything Oh, you know about it. I so, yeah, you saw everything in HD. It's like surround sound. Um, yeah, but it was an extraordinary experience. It was an experience I was expecting, um, but I accepted it like I accepted every experience I did on that uh, journey. Yeah, it was incredible. Because like, in, I'm very open to like different spiritual experiences because I was brought up a Catholic. I was going to be a priest and then the whole like, sexuality mm, yeah. thing. Um and so I've tried in like sweat lodges and a whole bunch of other things and yeah. experiment with weed and things over the years and mushrooms and stuff just to kind of like try and figure out my spiritual path. But interestingly on the Camino, I was like, I did smell weed, but I couldn't find anybody in seven weeks who was smelling. <laughs> I was just like, where is my spiritual experience? It's like almost like God of the universe was kind of going, nope, you got to work for yours, mate. <laughs> Get <to> keep going. <laughs> I was in... Uh... I was in a, a town called Batanzos and I was sitting with Morris, the Dutch guy, and we were sitting there having a, a coffee or a beer or something. And I just said, you smell weed? And there was a guy on the table next to us just quite openly smoking weed. On, <laughs> uh, and I, I, I was quite surprised, but there, there's nobody 
paid the blinders bit of notice. I don't know whether it's legal out there or not, but um, yeah, we never had any of it. I'd, to be honest, I wouldn't have won. I don't get on very well with it anyway. And certainly if I had a load of miles to walk, I don't think I'd have got very far. No. So, so speaking of like highs and lows, <laughs> did you have, have any sort of like Camino come down? Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. Mike, I think um, I mean I've been listening to your podcasts, which are wonderful, by the way. Thank you so much. Experience, just getting over the experience. But I think for some people listening to your podcasts, it happens when they came back. It happened to me in Santiago mm. um, because I'd booked. I was there about five days. I my plan was I'll stay in Santiago because bear in mind I kind of thought this was going to be a journey on my own. I really yeah. misunderstood the Camino. I, I wanted, to, I went there kind of to be on my own. Um, and I thought I'll have a few days in Santiago and my family were all there, my Camino family. And we all went out for a, a, a meal that night. Um, and then we started saying goodbye. And one of the South Africans, not the one I was rude to, but another one of them, I said goodbye to it. And I said, this feels like saying goodbye to my children. Mm. this feels this feels very uh, it really took me and i left i left a bit earlier than them i know metro i spoke to earlier was going back and i said i'll, I'll walk you back to your hotel and i just looked around at them all still there having a laugh and a drink and i just said to myself don't cry don't yeah. <laughs> i get a bit welled up now actually um i said don't and I, and I just walked off and some of them went back that night and then some the other morning then there was four of us and then there was two of us just me and Morris went out for a meal before he went back the next day and then there was one and I've never been so lonely in all my life uh, yeah. Stu I was in this town with loads of people who I could have talked to any one of them and they would all, they would all been lovely but they weren't my family yeah um and I had three or four days of this and I just felt wretched I was just wandering the town. I went to museums, sat, drank coffee, but I hardly spoke to anybody. I just wanted to get back home then. Uh, it was awful. And you still feel it. I still yeah. feel, you know, I've certainly felt it preparing for this today. Um, I did warn you beforehand. I said I might cry because I've just really felt uh, I've missed them. Yeah, I, I appreciate it because I had exactly the same experience. I'm back to Because I got to Fedestair. So I've said goodbye to my friend Andre. Um, so for some reason, I made all my my Camino family were all Germans, mostly. <laughs> no idea why. Um, and yeah, I had that. And you just you go and you get back to Santiago, and they're all gone. And it's just there's an emptiness, and you go. And I've got. I'm, will I ever see these lovely, amazing people yeah. again? Uh, but look, really, th this year I did go and catch up with um, Andre and Marta in Germany, but it, it was definitely very different to how we were on the Camino. It was just like, oh, I saw them in the in the context of themselves and their own lives. In the yeah, community. yeah. It's, it's like, oh, they're not the Camino people that I remember. And it was a very strange, they're still lovely people. And I still love them. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but when you're not on that journey, it's a totally different experience. I do wonder about whether I meet up with him again because I don't. It's a bit like saying I don't want to go back to the English. I don't want to try and recreate something. Yeah. But I can create something else. I mean, there's some of them I don't suppose I'll ever. I mean, there's South Africans and Americans that I don't suppose I'll ever see again. Yeah. Unless they come here or they do the Camino again. But certainly there there was plenty in Italy and and Portugal that I can see myself catching up with at some stage and meeting up with. Certainly, yeah. Well, there's no plans there, but. 
you do notice you have this WhatsApp group where you have everyone contributing and then slowly and slowly there's less and less contribution yeah, about it. But you kind of every now and then somebody that those embers that are dying, somebody will send a message and it reignites it, you know, and it, it's great. I think the Camino family just in, in general keeps growing and now you are a part of my Camino family too. <laughs> oh, lovely. Yeah. You, you, you with mine as well, Stuart. It's lovely to meet you. And you. Thank you so you know, much. It's for... a funny thing. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I was just going to say the funny yeah. thing is um, when I did meet you, I kind of, I didn't know you'd done the Camino, but when I found out you did, I kind of thought there's no reason. Of course he did. It was like, of course he did. <laughs> it was that vibe. You mentioned the yeah, vibe. Totally. I, as soon as I, saw I you kind of knew then, you know, I met, I met somebody in um, a sauna in Brighton a few months back who was talking about her spirituality to somebody. And I thought, oh, this sounds interesting. And I started listening in and she started talking about doing the Camino. And I just thought, you haven't, I don't know you, but I don't think you've done the Camino. I'm not getting that vibe. And I said to her, I've done the Inglés, which one did you do? And she kind of skirted the question. Mm. And then she said, yeah, I've got the, um, I've got, I've got a really cool t-shirt from Santiago. And I thought, if that's all you can tell me, then you haven't done the Camino. Yeah. <laughs> you may have gone to Santiago. You may have even walked it for all I know, but you haven't got it. You yeah. haven't got the Camino. You haven't understood it. Uh, it's more than a walk in a T-shirt. No, I am. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's almost a state of mind. So you kind of get, it was lovely to meet you. And I kind of, it, there is this bond and connection you get with people who have done it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Well, you know, when somebody's a pilgrim, they just, they have it in them. It's yeah. A, and then there's, yeah. there's pilgrims and there's non-pilgrims. And, and I yeah. came home and felt feeling quite isolated from the majority of people. So when I meet other pilgrims and you go, no, you know it. You you know what that is. So it's, um, yeah. Well, hopefully I'll come to see your band some point, and we can catch up again because it was a shame we only met sort of briefly, yeah, and then didn't see each other again. So I do hope we'll catch up again some, at some where, stage. What about uh, you live? I live in Brighton. Ah, Brighton. I'm not, well, when I'm in London, I'm not that far. So hopefully. Oh, right. I can... Well, I, I am a Londoner, and I moved down to Brighton. Yeah. Where are you so from? I am well originally uh, from Wembley, and then lived in Kilburn. So. Uh, but I used to live in um, uh, Harsden. <laughs> well, you're joking. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, so sort of equidistance between my two points there, really. Exactly. So, and then I moved to, to Forest Gate, where I am now, where I'm not in, when I'm not in Cumbria. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So it's been wonderful. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. And, and please stay I can't believe how quickly that's gone. Thank you very much, yeah. It's absolutely yeah. beautiful. And so the only thing I can say to, to kind of round this up is Buen Camino. Ah, oh, Buen Camino, amigo. <laughs> Lovely to see you, Stu. All the best, my friend, and have a lovely weekend. Lots of love. And you.